What is going on? Welcome to the Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Rick, with me as always are Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. How's it going? It is going pretty good. Is uh, it? Before we, before, well, let's... Uh, <laughs> it? It's, it's going to be... Buckle in, folks. It's going to be a wild one. Uh, this is just what killed Magic the episode. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, gentlemen, how was your week? I got to see Ricky this weekend. That was a lot of fun. I got to play Magic. Yeah, I got to play one round of draft, and uh, yeah, I play. I drafted Delver in Midnight Hunt and went undefeated. There we go. Yeah. I drafted a pretty decent uh, Midnight Hunt deck, and uh, a whole San Antonio squad made top eight of this random Dragon Slayer in Houston. I probably could have gotten there if I didn't have to go help my fiance pack. Right. Uh, then in like what could only be considered like a shot from a film, we lost just straight down the line, just boom, 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 and went home. Uh, after only uh, you went home after we got some great pizza though. Oh, we did have some amazing pizza at that place. I don't know why you ordered the sandwich. The pizza was so bomb. Uh, because I get the pizza every time I go with Merrily, and I actually really like the Italian sub. Fair enough. Yeah, that's right. It's my turn to see Ricky in the next week or two, whether he wants me to yeah, or not. So yeah, you 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 guys need to get your suits for the wedding done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see you probably next week, and uh, it might include uh, my brother. That sounds good to me. How so? We can we can talk about Matthew afterwards, but I do want to know how his uh, get, getting run over by a car is going. It's actually going. It's actually going well. He's doing well. He's recovering. Uh, he, however, is a supreme uh, zoomer mindset and. Uh, thinks that uh, sitting still for three weeks for recovery for a surgery is unheard of. That's right. okay. My my sister got a concussion while in the hospital. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, hasn't been able to eat for like three days, was waiting to see a doctor, fainted while walking into the hospital and got a concussion. Jeez. Ugh. What a time. That's what happened to the Watsi developers when they thought of alchemy. Oh, transition. Hey. So obviously... We're going to talk about the alchemy announcement. That's going to be, shocker, what killed magic, roll the explosion. All right, so we're going to talk about that, and then we are going to go into the challenge top eight. That's going to be the episode. Um, This isn't fair warning. If you are excited about alchemy, good for you. Have fun, and I mean that, like, as genuinely as possible. Right. But at least from a, not even from a pioneer standpoint... I think alchemy is going to mean a lot for the philosophy of wizards going forward to look at. So this isn't just going to be us ranting about alchemy bad. Now I'm speaking for myself there. Ricky might just be on the alchemy bad bandwagon. I don't know. I don't have his opinions just yet, but at least for me, I do have some other things and, you know, we're going to let everyone's going to take a turn here. We're going to talk sort of, I'm going to try to guide us through the winding track of alchemy here and there. And, uh, yeah, and we're just going to kind of put it all out there and uh, sort of end up with – we're going to kind of end up these thoughts on just where does really Pioneer go from here, mm-hmm. um, which I think is going to be an interesting topic to end on because next Huge. week I do want to do a sort of year in retrospective for Pioneer because I think it has been a very good year for Pioneer. And as Doom says, we want to be with the Alchemy announcement – I don't think that's the end of the world. I think we just need to shift gears and start focusing on what we can do. Um, so again, if you're enjoying alchemy, like that's great. Have fun with it. Like it, it's a game. It's for fun. 
Um, if you enjoy it, have fun with that. But I do think, again, there are a lot of issues with what alchemy means going forward. Right. Uh, so before we break down anything, do you guys want to preface anything before we dive in? Well, I think we want to just, you know, quickly touch on like what alchemy is. And um, I also even want to talk about, you know, some of the uh, to really stress on how frustrating this is, I think, for us the announcement that led up to it was a very big, you know, um, Oh, Hey, we've got this big announcement coming, you know, and a yeah. big announcement. It was a lot of people were saying, Oh, pioneer on arena, but we knew better. Right. Like we, we knew better. <laughs> yeah, we, we were talking to each other going a hundred percent. No way. There's absolutely no chance with, with what they've shown us. So I think I would just want to do a quick touch on what alchemy is. Whoever wants to take that. Sure. I mean, I mean, I I can. Mm -hmm. Uh, So alchemy is actually let me pull up. I sent the articles. Let's uh, let's talk Mm -hmm. about uh, introduction to alchemy here. Um, We got alchemy is our new MTG arena play mode based on the standard format and incorporates new to digital magic alongside rebound standard cards to create a fast ever evolving experience to our players. What do you get in Alchemy? You get an ever-evolving play mode, build decks with standard cards, new digital cards, and rebalanced cards in a new MTG Arena play mode that evolves as fast as our players. New to digital cards. Alchemy will launch with 63 new to digital magic cards featuring mechanics designed specifically for digital play, and players may expect more new cards alongside every standard release. Rebalanced magic cards. Alchemy features rebalanced versions of existing standard cards to shake up the meta for digital play. Players can expect these regular changes to the format to create a dynamic play experience between standard set releases. So, if that is all it was, that'd be great. But guess what? These cards also affect historic. Right. Does anybody care about that? I don't. Somebody who, does. Who cares about historic? I just like. They wanted us to. It was a pro tour that doesn't matter anymore, just like 24 hours ago. There's a pro tour 24 hours ago. Yeah, yeah, Innistrad Players Champ just ended this week on yesterday. Oh wow! I didn't even know that. That happened. was historic and standard. Yeah, I bet Crazy. you didn't. Yeah, yeah. I think I think one of the things I want to keep in mind here too is that like you know a lot of this perspective um, comes from people who enjoyed playing the game more competitively, right? Like we're definitely bringing a fun. Uh, trying to bring a fun atmosphere to pioneer right you know the the brewers aspect is there it's it's definitely not cutthroat but there's a pretty massive disconnect i mean i think i told you guys i had some you know old high school friends reach out to me that haven't talked to me you know in years because they remember that i played magic and they were like oh man i just got into arena you know the the casual pitch for things is working i I don't think that this is you know alchemy as a whole really leans into that casual environment because um, you know, my cards count for both, right? Whether they're going to be alchemy formats or whatever formats I think they said. Yeah, because if you if you pull like the regular card, you'll get the alchemy version as well. Yeah. So, but like you that, know, if, if this was a casual push, it would be one thing, but it, it isn't. You don't necessarily like it's, but it's here's, like an attempt here's, to rebalance. Here's like, here's the thing though. Yeah, and I think it's a lot of perspective that I feel like I have now working with a lot of people who do play magic, right? Like they go home, they do like a draft or two a week. Yeah. They do their quests or whatever. I think this is a great casual, like a casual format, right? Okay. Like mm-hmm. a great thing for casual players in some sense, not the other. And so I kind of wanted to share to save these points as we went further along. Cause this kind of branches my conversation on what do we do for pioneer from here? 
Sure. So I'm going to kind of put a pin in that thought uh, and come back to it towards the tail end of this conversation. But I do think from a certain standpoint, uh, things like these are better for the casual player than they are the competitive player. Okay. You think that it's uh, that alchemy benefits competitive players? No, I think it's a disservice to competitive players. I think it's a disservice to literally every magic player that's ever existed. <laughs> I'm not even I'm here for it. I'm, I'm here gonna for lie. It. Like, if you're competitive, all the new cards add like all sorts of stupid randomness. Like, yeah, or I don't just, disagree. Like, I'm, I'm weird, here for Ricky's dumb, take. Weird, dumb Hearthstone effects. And if you're a casual player, all the new cards aren't playable in Commander. And there's no multiplayer commander on Arena anyways. So it's like, they it, literally, this is a product for no one. But it is, it, though. Because here, here's, okay, here's my point. What we need to realize is Arena isn't for us. It's not for the people who want to go play big competitive events. What Arena is for is, hey, you're Johnny on the spot. You're Johnny working 9 to 5. And you played Magic back in the day, right? You just want to have some fun and just relax and play some magic afterward. Maybe do a quest or two, save up for your draft on the weekend, right? That is what Arena is for. Unfortunately, a global pandemic happened, and Arena had to become magic for the last two years. But I never think, I don't think that was ever going to be the full point of Arena. Yeah, I just, I don't think that the competitive rebalancing of cards is, you know, really going to be geared I don't, I don't think the... it's I don't think it's competitive rebalancing. I think it's feels bad rebalancing. Right, right. I mean, I think that the I don't card, care about the, the rebalance cards. Be, because yeah. here's the thing, right? What alchemy is going to allow people to do is that when standard gets stale and, you know, you have everyone complain about, oh, I don't want to play against Alrin's Epiphany four out of five matches when I just want to relax and play some magic. Well, hey, no, I can go to alchemy and play that where I get to still play with most of my standard cards. And they've rebalanced things a little bit. Now, the question is, how often are they going to actually refresh and rebalance cards? Because here's the real kicker. You don't get any wild cards back for anything that gets rebalanced. I just, so here's the thesis statement, right, of alchemy, right? Okay. We don't have enough manpower to test the cards in standard. Yes. So once you guys do the testing for us, we can rebalance some of the bad cards to make standard more enjoyable, right? Yeah, hey, all those, uh, the classes we thought were kind of off, right? That like, I was like, man, if that ability was one or two mana less, now we can make those man- abilities one or two mana less. But like, if that was it, right? If they just said, yeah. we're going to take five cards and make them a little worse and five cards and make them a little better every set, and that'll be this new alchemy format, right? And it'll also go in on in historic because historic is a digital only format, right? That's right. I would be happy. You know what I am most upset about? They're adding 63 new cards. I'm going to swear. I'm, I'm sorry. Anyways, uh, they're adding 63 new cards to the game. Completely new. Totally new. That are digital-only cards that can't happen in paper, even though some of them can. And they didn't test, they didn't test them. Because if you can't right. test... If you can't test your main sets that you're releasing in paper, why on earth are you testing your 63 digital-only cool guy set? And this is going to be for every set. We're going to get 63 new cards for Innistrad, 63 new cards for Kamigawa. They're essentially making another half set to every set that only only plays in Alchemy, only for people on Arena, can't be in paper. 
that are just Hearthstone cards and they're random and they're not balanced. And uh, why would you rebalance other cards? I think we're doing Hearthstone a disservice by comparing Arena to it. I know. That program works. But like, if the idea is to rebalance the game because you couldn't balance your own game. Right. Uh, you're, I mean, you're 100 percent right to like. Why would to, you to keep it going while you work up more anger? Uh, <laughs> one of the one of the things that you know, one of the reasons that Hearthstone got away with what it did is you got a mana every single turn, right? The randomness of mana was not a part of the game, and so you know everybody's cards were OP. It has its own problems, right? Because you're always drawing, you know, you're always going to draw action every single turn. That presented its own problem, but because of mana, again, Magic has a lot of non-games, so there's only so much randomness you can really input into Magic cards, you know? Because your cards that you draw, given that it could be a card, it could be a land, which, you know, maybe you need that land, but lands don't, you know, most of the time have effects in the battlefield unless they're creature lands, right? So from purely a design standpoint, there's only so much randomness you can throw into magic and still make it a playable game, you know? Mm-hmm. It, there's there's so many non-games involved. The whole point that people liked with magic is that your cards did what they were supposed to do and you could build synergies into your deck. So I think a lo- other games in order to avoid just being like, chess or in order to avoid just being you know what cards did i draw they add some randomness to add a little more variance in there magic wants the opposite of that like some cards could be fun that's for a commander style thing you know and and again for the casual environment sure and it sounds like that's what they're mostly going to be for you know that's where i'm okay with the casual point i still don't think the rebalancing is is going to be great for casual players the randomness might but i think it's going to be over the top you know and I think that's part of the reason Ricky's upset. But And I'm not going to downplay what Ricky's upset about. I agree with Ricky 100%. I'm just saying that at the end of the day, alchemy isn't going to do like – it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Because like sure. we are the minority getting upset about it when the average player that's on Arena isn't going to bat an eye. They're not going to care. Right. You could be right. You could absolutely be right. Like the things we're complaining about don't matter to them. There's a green-white wrath. Flavorful. Why? Why? And it, like, destroy all creatures, creatures in your hand to get perpetually. Pl- I just, I just, Ricky, and some I mean, of these cards, some of these Green cards could even happen. Like, patient zero doesn't need to be this complicated card. If this damage isn't removed from creatures your opponent's control, like, first off, that actually just makes the game Hearthstone. Uh, right. And, and two, you could just, your opponent's creatures take damage and negative one, negative one counters. Like, I just, I just, this is so stupid. Dude. The, the, car, the cards that get me upset is just like the perpetual, the next X thing you do. Mm-hmm. Is oh it's just like, gosh. I feel like, are, are do we tr- not trust our players that much that like, we can't keep track of my next instant, like for a turn or two? I and mean, that's how Quicken works, right? The land that comes into play untapped if you were not the start player of this game. Yeah, I can tell you like 10 turns in who's the first player because right. I'm going to be happy I was I went first or I'm mm-hmm. mad I was on the draw. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it just... Yep. There's just so much... I uh, just... And like, you're going to make these like extra cards, these hearthstone cards. Why are you bringing back like legendary creatures that we were upset didn't make appearances in your brand new Innistrad set and go, oh, look, they're here on alchemy in in the weird zany format where you could that's where you got your newish kanaz right there your spider lord your gitrog monster i'm just mad like it's just very 
very upsetting. I just don't understand how other people don't understand how much of a like slap in the face alchemy is to me. No, I totally, I totally get it. You're just like angry about a different axis than I am. Yeah. I mean like, yeah. Pioneer on arena is like now never going to happen. Yeah, They have to expend 63 new art pieces, 63 new design spaces, every set to new alchemy cards that don't matter to literally anybody. So let's, let's talk about that, shall we? So obviously on the stream, they said, because people were asking like, but what about Pioneer? And their answer was, if we took the team that it took to get us alchemy now and put them on working on Pioneer, we wouldn't have Pioneer until next year. But we can have alchemy now. Right. And my question is... And my question is... Like, how much time does Pioneer take? Like, I mean, what, it's a stupid. What, what, it's was, a stupid. The, what was the whole you point of this program? Magic that you t- but, but they touted Arena as being, oh, it's going to be so easy to add cards right. like like that. Uh, like we're done. Like right. Like th- think about instead of Alchemy right now. If instead of like because we're getting double feature in paper, right? Imagine if we would have gotten Shadows over Innistrad remastered like in a month. Like to bridge like the release of Kamigawa and Crimson Bow. Yeah, it's just imagine so if we would have gotten Theros remastered when Beyond Death came out. We right. would be with Pioneer now. Yep, I mean they the whole don't, point of that they don't care. The whole point of that is that like you can tell they're they're not being very truthful about that because of how quickly they came out with that second remastered set to take all our money for drafts. Right? I, I don't want to hear that for a second when they were very quickly realizing how well that set did because we all had faith of like, oh look, this is the steps they're taking towards Pioneer. We were excited to get collections. Right? Remember when we were having episodes talking about, man, here's the cards you want to get from this. Here's why you should be playing Arena. Right? You should yeah. be saving up your wild cards. Here's so many wild cards you should have for when pioneer comes to arena and now like i feel like an idiot right i mean they clearly had the time and the money to do it they just don't feel like it so i don't want to hear this lie of like oh yeah you know it might take a year maybe it would have but you know what it's year four or five right and, and it's year two or three of of pioneer right Where, wherever we're at in that, yeah like them yeah knowing we're, about it. we just hit year two for pioneer like year two just ended right essentially like, right like let's let's be honest here like Everyone, like, I am so happy to see people be like, hey, we want to play Pioneer. We want Pioneer on Arena. You know what the time for that was? Two years ago when they first gave us Historic. But everyone got complacent with Historic. And now that they've ruined their favorite toy, now you got to scramble around and go, oh, 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 what do now? Right, yeah. And and the thing is, like, I don't get I don't get the issue because, you know, they Eternal clearly formats still don't want. Make money. That's, that's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Paper formats don't make money. Well, internal because, formats don't make money. Well, yes, exactly right. Internal formats. Because once you have your collection, right, you have your cards, they're not getting new wild cards from you. But if they rebalance those cards, if they make your cards invalid, oh, and now guess what? They don't even have to give you wild cards back anymore because, 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 like, there's no reason besides just, well, you can still play the cards. We're not going to ban them anymore. Gee, Willikers, mister. It doesn't like, matter. Thanks, like, Mr. Barry Gordy. Here's five dollars. You can buy all my songs. The uh, the the problem is with like Pioneer and Wizards, right? Is that they don't need it now, which is dumb. Um, but uh, essentially, like because they've realized that modern players will just like roll over 
and let wizards print the new good modern cards every two years. Yeah, they, they've, re- they've realized that, hey, we can make you buy cards now when we just invalidate your format every two years. Right, exactly. So it's just sort of like, it's like Modern Horizons is a big success and that's bad. Yeah, like, it really is. It means that like, because that was the problem, right? Is that Wizards only makes money when you buy packs. And they don't make money when you build a new Pioneer deck on Card Kingdom. So Wizards doesn't make money off Pioneer at all, unless you're buying specifically like Innistrad packs to try to crack your Rens or your Meat Hook Massacres, which would be dumb. Don't do that. Just buy the cards. Um, but my frustration, just to add to this real quick, is that they showed us, we showed them that when they release these stupid, stupid master sets, regardless of how dumb they are and how money grubbing and disgusting I might find them, that we will still do it to get to our favorite format, right? If it meant going the right direction, they were bragging about how successful the remaster sets were. So I just want to, I just also want to throw in there the point that like, you know, they could monetize it. They just don't feel like it or are not smart enough or don't have the team to put it together or the team that's smart enough to put it together, right? Like they could be releasing those master sets and obviously there's a finite number of them and maybe that's why, right? And and I believe, I think, and I might be wrong here, but I, I think I couldn't find anywhere. I don't think you'll be able to buy packs of the alchemy cards. On you can, you will. You can? Yes. Okay, so you... There's going to be commons and stuff like that because so far they've the, only showed off on commons. The problem rares. is there's only two commons and uncommons of every color. It's mostly rares and mythics. So is it like a three-card pack? I don't actually know the pack size and I don't have Arena installed to be able to tell you. Well, the uh, well, that's crazy, but that means like – because they're going to charge you wild cards. like. The the thing is, I think it's like if you already have all of the the alchemy cards in whatever rarity, they're just going to give you crimson vow cards. So I think they're I think they're going to be like regular pack size, but uh, yeah, instead of the once you're out of be... comms uncommons, you're just going to get CV cards. Wow. Well, at least that's a little bit better than uh, having to like buy CV packs to open for the wild cards to buy the cards. Yeah, it's just but uh, still not great and like there's going to be a lot of them and they're all at rare and mythic and they're not at common and uncommon because uh you got to get those wild cards yeah so maybe. so so let's talk about now let's let's shift gears a bit and talk about what happens to pioneer now and my main thing is it, just don't don't even tell us it's coming to arena anymore cuz it's not even if it did the econ system can't afford it so if you're going to add anything else this 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 just like garbage pile of a program, it needs a better econ system. Because at this point, if you've been playing even for a long time now, and sure, you've gotten a lot of the staples right, once they start adding cards, because you have to keep invested in historicists to keep playing things and th- stuff like that, like y- y- you're not even able to buy, like, buy in because you're still going to be just down wild cards because you're going to be hemorrhaging wild cards out to keep up with the historic if you want to still do that now i just think it's it's a little absurd but like thankfully like you know third uh third wave vaccine is out and, and that, uh, that's my point too is like if you're asking for pioneer on arena like and, and i get it right if you're still not comfortable going out even at even post vaccination like do what you think is safe 
but I've right. got my two shots. I'm getting my my uh, my booster here this week. I masked up when we went into store champs, right? Like, if you're out there being like, Watsy, bring Pioneer to Arena, go to your LGS and say, LGS, bring Pioneer to the LGS. Like, they've yeah. got challenger decks. You can find them cheaper online. You can build decks for cheap. We have a spreadsheet if you want to build, like, just a bunch of cheap decks to loan out and just have fun. Like, get the game going locally. We don't need Arena anymore. We don't. I don't even think it's good for Pioneer to be on Arena like a- anymore. Right. Like the time for that was t- like two years ago. It's too late now. Like we just have to get paper going, and it's really disheartening to hear. Like I just have mixed feelings when I hear like LSV talk about like, oh man, Pioneer is such a great format right now. You know, we just need paper events back, bro. You could bring paper events back. I mean, LSV by himself cannot bring back paper events. You know what I mean, though, right? Right. Like, like how I much? Sway, that, like, how much sway does he have at CFB still? I mean, CFB events officially bankrupted, right? Yeah, but they didn't stop them from holding Vegas. I guess so. The call for the big pioneer events is still probably, hopefully, soon. But like, I'm not upset at anybody for it just, like. It's not the even. Just, it's not even just like the big pioneer events. It's paper in general, right? Like. You gotta get you gotta pull away from the commander pod tables and just go start making actual magic happen again because we can't rely on arena. I've exposited all my anger at arena. I am now on the we are the future kumbaya. Let's all go play pioneer FNMs. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think there's gonna be plenty of that. I do think that you know as we as we've seen paper events everybody was super excited for we'll have to get back into it i think right now the problem is that commander is kind of the basic language because it is the casual format and even i I, though i do not currently have a a commander deck built a lot of competitive players do so it's kind of become the default for for playing i I don't think it's a good idea to ever i don't like playing commander with people that i don't know i think it's just there's too much whining that can potentially happen but in general it's the base as we get more people going out i do think we'll have some success with pioneer again i do think that uh we could we could always matt scott our way uh through the pioneer or through the through the commander tables uh matt scott hated when we would play commander and wanted to play more uh standard and modern uh so he built a tier one commander deck to end games in two turns so that way we would stop playing commander it's just like so weird trying to play an event now and it's just like Standard is the thing you commander is the thing you play between rounds of your standard FNM. It's the thing you play when two players get eliminated from the commander pod. Hmm. Well, and, yeah. and, and I'm well, not going to sit here and I'm not going to sit here and like blame, blame commander or anything like that, right? Like again, it's a game. Do what you want, but like everyone who complains about like I can't play X thing or I can't play Y thing, but like when the opportunity presents itself to go play like an FNM and you're just like we're just going to play our commander pods, like have some perspective. Alchemy's not even good for commander players. They can't play any of the cards in commander. That's right. They should be even more mad because they didn't get new cards. I just think it's so. It's just so unbelievably tone deaf and stupid. The whole and like thing. I, it's I like the biggest joke we didn't even touch on is the fact that um, anything that isn't on arena, excluding standard or now, uh, yeah, excluding standard, is now dead because they have clarified and they have categorized alchemy and historic as live formats. And everything else is paper, but uh, what's the opposite of live? Not alive. Correct. I just, yeah. Also, uh, it's like impossible to find the alchemy card spoilers. 
Well, yeah, because they they were like each like five people, like five whatever like big time magic people got just given a color. Like I've been I've I've been seeing posts and things about people are like, oh, there's a new Tybalt and stuff like that, and I'm just like looking. I can't even. I'm like searching. like I think today Kenji had every black card. Yeah, but Wizards website only has the white and the blue cards up. It's just really funny seeing people who complained about online only formats taking that sweet sweet ad money, which I don't you know, I don't blame them. Like Oh, good for them. Yeah, I I yeah, I've I've joked that there is a dollar amount I will sell out for and it's not that high to be honest. Oh, of course. I mean, like we we like this game. I mean, I I'm running out of patience quickly, right? That's for sure. Like it, you it does still have get... patience. Uh, yeah, I mean, in general, I'm, I'm I'm a pretty patient guy with all kinds of things. But I mean, uh, you know, it, it does get frustrating to come back every week and go like, you know, uh, what killed magic kind of starts as a joke. I mean, there's just every week there's just something, right? Like uh, there's been a couple cool things like Pioneer uh, Challenger decks were cool, right? But we were let down by those for, for several reasons, right? I mean, every week is just some some new thing that just is, is not the direction of the game that I want to see it go. And, you know, again, it seems to be paying off for them. So, I mean, good luck. You know, we'll see. But it's just, man. Yeah, it's just again, for, for, for every one of us, there's like five, ten people who just care about, again, they get their draft for two in a week from finishing their quest. That's all they care about. For sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, I think my problem there is those people are going to spend the money no matter what. Yeah, you know, so they they don't have to care about us anymore, which is which is sad. And again, I think that's the problem is everybody wants to get rid of their competitive scene. But one of the things that made Magic grow was the fact that there were competitive players. So there was like a way to transition so that people who wanted to play more seriously could. And then, you know, you obviously had your kitchen players on top of that. When there's not organized play, Right when there's nobody who wants to get together and play to get better, the formats kind of you know or, or games die. You know those are one of the reasons that game one of the few games that have competed with Magic have all had a robust pro scene because it made competitive players come. So people showed up at stores right because they wanted to practice. People would yeah. show up. If you don't have players showing up, you don't have a game. So you know I, I don't know. We'll we'll see again the the live numbers, the numbers that we got from you know, paper events and have seen a bunch of events that have capped for safety reasons they've got cap space all the ones in texas that i'm aware of pretty much sold out even even events that like we did the you know what killed magic uh, one of the events that happened concurrently with the crappy one in the north the one that had you know like a six hour delay in texas they ran another event that sold out after all that negative press you know mm -hmm. and it sounds like they figured their stuff out so people are hungry for a return to paper play maybe instead of a bachelor party we just like rob a bank and hold like a pioneer 10k <laughs> if you guys for legal reasons that's just a joke of, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i hear reports of oh man i i'm now reading some more alchemy cards because i finally found a like super weird website that had them no good for all them the I, I think it's... all the spoilers also look super scuffed because they're clearly just people screenshotting like Probably. their games because they got early access to the cards and not like sent like actual previews i feel like oh yeah there's cards that are just i'm just uh, i'm just i'm gonna really quickly there's a card called assemble from parts uh-huh it's an instant is it the reanimator spell it gives it gives target creature in your graveyard the perpetual ability of pay four mana exile this card shuffle it into your library and then create a token so 
Exile this card from your graveyard, shuffle it into your library. Why do you have to exile it first? Anyways, and then create a token that is a copy of it, except it's a 4-4 black zombie in addition to its other types. Activate only as a sorcery. So it is an instant that creates an effect that only activates at sorcery speed. We're we're going to find out in a year from now that no person actually made these cards. It was just Robo Rosewater. Yeah, this is a Robo Rosewater card. I've ever seen it. Like uh, you can't, you can't tell me that there's actually people making these cards or at least people who actually know what they're doing. Like this is somebody who's straight out of college who read a couple magic cards and you know, they don't have to get any cards approved by rules managers because it's online. Right. So we just do do whatever the heck and we invent new words because it's online. Right. It's, it's super inexpensive to do this. Right. This is just somebody's intern project that they're obviously not paying very much to do. So it's just it feels low budget it looks low budget a lot of the stuff does right now and you know you have to be a blessed content creator to any to get the any cards. any closing thoughts on alchemy because i do want to change uh gears and talk about happy things like some sweet pioneer challenger de- challenge decks so oh, uh, any sure. any yeah, other closing thoughts um my closing thoughts on alchemy is that this product is for nobody i've seen a i've seen a lot of people a lot of people that i very much respect and i definitely respect them taking this stance uh, but they've been saying things like, "Alchemy isn't for me, but if it's for you, then then that's great, right?" Yeah, the stance that I just, I just took. want to take a more aggressive approach. Um, I know, uh, you know, don't upset people's, you know, don't let other people choose what is and isn't fun. But uh, also, like, this product is for nobody, and you shouldn't be happy to receive it. There you go, <laughs> Chris. You got you got any final words? Uh, I don't. I've been just been, you know, when Ricky told us how upset he was, which is, is kind of rare to see, happens every once in a while. I was busy making my popcorn, so. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, my final thought is, uh, hey, uh, competitive paper players, really just pioneer players, like, we've got to buckle up and just start making events happen or else and enjoy it while we can before they start making four pioneer mastery sets every two years to really monetize the format. Uh, but until then, uh, Wizards will continue to bend us over and not even give it the courtesy of the reach around. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Well, let's talk about Pioneer Challenge results, shall we? Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Saturday's top eight. Eighth place, we have Darth Kid playing White Black Vampires. Seventh place, we have Mogged with Lutri. We're going to come back to this one, of course. Sixth place, we have Neko 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 on Orzov Humans. Fifth place, we have Carnage Cards ENT with Orza Vampires. We have fourth place, Sneak Attack Kid with Naya Winota. Third place, we have Gouldacat. Hit the Phoenix Watch button, please pause. All right. By Gouldacat, of course, playing Phoenix. It's back. Everyone said uh, weekends, we had one weekend. No more Phoenix. We're done. It's The Phoenix is over. And they just take a nap. We I knew this was going to happen. We had second place, X-File, playing our sort of big mid-range red-black deck, and I think I, you know, there's a couple other versions of this deck in these challenges, so we come back. I think we talked about this last week. I'll get some Chris to weigh in on it this week, and of course, once again, you thought it was just, you thought it was safe to go back to the Pioneer queues. It's back. Bakutina playing Phoenix to the first place. Let's make it clear, Ricky. No Johns. You can't claim Phoenix didn't win this week. I didn't win with Phoenix this week, so (laughs) it's still a bad deck. What? Oh, who? Who did you? Who beat you while you're playing Phoenix? Exactly. I lost to humans. Oh, it's yeah, not a good deck. Thalia beat me. I don't even think it was Thalia that beat you. It was Thalia that beat you. 
But you were also playing a bad. You were playing bad Phoenix. You didn't have express. You didn't have galvanic iterations. I did not. I did think about taking one in the draft just because I could use another galvanic iteration. All right, let's go through and let's start with uh, with eighth place here with the vampires build. We're playing Edgar, so looks like Edgar is holding its own. Edgar uh, is deserving the, the space here. I mean, I didn't think about it. Edgar's really funny when you can sack it to Soren's minus. Right, and then you get the copper. Or, or the second plus, rather. Um, and then, yeah, Soren the Mirthless, still pretty good. Yeah, he makes sure. a very interesting token. It's just what it's it's like Vampire Nighthawk without Death Touch. Yeah. He makes a yeah, he makes a flying two three with lifelink. That's a pretty good token. It's a very good token. And uh yeah, you could just leave that champion dusk on top. Yeah, uh, it's really funny, uh the the like the non committal bob. Greatness. Possibly at, at cost. Yeah, possibly at cost. You know, I wouldn't get too excited about the next card on the top of your deck. You know, we're just gonna put that right back. What is the what's the fight spell that lets you do that? There's a fight spell that lets you just like, oh, never mind. I don't want to fight anymore. Is that an alchemy card? No, it's uh, I think it's it was from Dominaria or something like that. It was a fight spell that you targeted the creatures and then it said you may have those creatures fight each other. Oh, because it's like a half a pump spell too, right? Yeah. So like, if you played it and your opponent responded by like giving their guy death touch or something, you could just go like, yeah, no fighting. No, I just I just pulled my shirt off. I was getting hot. Yeah, and then we just, we just we stepped it back down. You know, you pull, yeah. you pull the Jackie Chan. I don't want any trouble. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, um, I always like it when Magic gives us like little uh, safety what wheels is, like that. What what is it? The uh, is it is it the Tom Cruise movie Night and Day where he like takes Cameron Diaz hostage? Like, all right, if anyone makes a move, I'm gonna shoot myself and then her. <laughs> Valderan Estate also seeing play, which is actually uh, a better card than I thought. Uh, randomly, if you have five vampires in play, this just taps for a blood token. In blood, we found out isn't as bad as we thought it was. It's still not great. I, it lets you dump your swamps and like extra lands for yeah. spells. Hopefully, that is the hope. It also is really good in the Thoughtseize deck because when you draw your late Thoughtseize, true, we can just shove that back for something else. Yeah, that's that's a good point. All right, let's uh, let's talk about Mog's Lutri deck. I think we talked about it last week. Uh, looks like we finally have enough crossover cards to make one of Tribal happen. This is clearly a skilled strategist and nothing else. So you're saying I couldn't top eight a challenge with this deck list? I believe that Mog is like actual factual like Lelouch levels of tactician. Okay. Uh, and is just like absolutely a spell slinging savant they've prepared for their own amnesia they are like they've they've considered every possible outcome and calculated perfectly this exact one of's deck um which they play with absolutely no play mistakes uh that is the Mom. only explanation i can come up with they Mom are just, is just like good. robert downey jr sherlock mind palacing every match exactly discombobulating their opponents that's right every time discombobulate yeah. I just want to point out that, like, Lutri, you can just cast that card. Like, I think this is definitely for the lulls, right? I mean, this is this is a card that you can just play as a four of in your deck if you want to and have the fun with it. Um, you know, paying three mana for this is interesting as just, you know, a, a one of in the companion spot. I don't see one more in the deck at all. So this it's is the definitely a iteration we always have. Fun. 
All right, well, let's move up to sixth place. Uh, we got rid of Celestia, and now we're we're saying Orzhov humans is the way to go. Um, so yeah, so instead of Coco, we get some dire tactics action here. Kite Sail, Freebooter, Dauntless Bodyguards. We get a little bit of more aggressive in our one-drop slot. Uh, but obviously without Coco, which is fine because we don't have Coco, right? So we could play a lot more one-drop centric of a game because we just don't want bad Cocos here. Uh, I think this only really works right now because we have a very spell-heavy meta if you hit Phoenix and things like that. But I feel like if we weren't such a spell-heavy format, this Lesnia build's probably better because we don't have, outside of Dire Tactics, right? Like, we don't have a whole lot of interaction going on. Containment Priest is also nice. You really shouldn't be playing Containment Priest if you're playing Coco. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I stay away from it. So, like, I honestly think you could probably just shove those puppies main board, but that's just me. I just don't think there are enough Coco. Actually, I mean, when, I mean like, it the, top two Phoenix... decks, the top two decks are Winota and Phoenix, so probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a solid deck. Uh, Luris is always good. Rally the ranks. Clearly, the, it's, it has to be good. It's playing the very broken Luminarch Aspirant. Oh, yes. Nerf this card. Because they nerfed it in Alchemy. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, I mean, again, we, we love Thalia's Lieutenant around here, so. But what is what is the difference? Oh, wait, that's just because that's, okay, never mind. I will say, though, playing Black, or playing the Orzhov deck and not having Kudro is kind of interesting. Because I think one of the benefits of playing the White-Black deck is you do get Kudro. To, like, have some main board, like, exile interaction as well. Right. It is weird to me that we're not seeing a Kudro. Kudro is definitely a card that I would have expected to see. Um, Turns off Loris. Of. That's right. Oh yeah, true. Cost three. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Welcome to I, welcome I to Companion World. But see, the problem is the a, a lot of the times I play Loris, I'm just always just like, I don't know if Loris is worth it. And I think that's a good conversation to have at some point. Is just like, are that's we over, a couple of weeks ago? You know, are we are we overly relying on on Companion Loris? I certainly think so. Yeah. Right, well, like, uh, oh, go ahead, Ricky. I'd like to point out, because uh, we're moving on to the, the Winota deck, right? Yeah. I'd like to point out that this player is called Sneak Attack Kid. And they're playing a Sneak Attack deck? Yeah. Okay. Effectively, right? What, what, do, you, what do you think <laughs> of uh, bringing Kenrith back into the fold? I mean, some people just really like gaining five life, right? <laughs> I, uh, I, look, like, we've got the Goose, we've got, like, Elves, like, I like playing Caretaker, Caretaker is hot. I, I don't... Yeah. I mean, it's a one-of Kenrith. Um, did you know that you can uh, target uh, your opponent's creatures with Kenrith's uh, black ability and lose the game? Yes. <laughs> I've seen that happen before. Oh, my, it is under its owner's control. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so I like putting that in the deck just to give me the test every time, you know? <laughs> but uh, Gandhi kind of type it, action there. Does it have mana room. confluence to act? Oh, we can activate it off Goose, okay. Yeah, we can activate it off Goose. <laughs> Alright. Ricky, are you speaking from experience? I've done it in Limited once. Okay. Uh, like on Arena, because uh-huh. it just showed me my opponent's cards. And I was like, yeah, I'll take this, and then gave my opponent a 4-4 flyer, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. I have become ruined. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Tovlar's Huntmaster, Winota, name of better it's, combo. It's so funny that, like, I mean, what Phoenix still has, like, bigger numbers than um, than Winota by far. Like, it's still almost, like, double it a lot of the times. 
or not really truly double, but it's usually got like five plus percentage points ahead of, of the Winota decklist. But I feel like the problem with Winota versus Phoenix is I can go play a league and maybe play against Winota, but like I'm going to play at least two plus Phoenix decks when I play a Pioneer League. And I think that's the big problem when you compare those two decks because like they have pretty similar play percentage uh, if you look at Goldfish when it works. Right. But uh, I'd just like to say that Phoenix players have more fun. I don't know. Have you played Winona? Have you cast a treasure cruise? Yeah, but like... Have you seen the CAT scans of people who are casting treasure cruise versus but the people have you, who are currently see, not have you casting seen, treasure cruise? <laughs> have you seen the cats that pull my chariots? I have. Uh, the single cat that pulls your chariot? Oh, no. <laughs> it, is my, it is my avatar right now. I love that image so much. Just the but, cat uh, zooming. I I will say uh, the whole alchemy thing actually made me laugh at a cardboard crack for like the first time. Oh, when they redid it? When they just literally just uh, crossed words out and stapled the new words on top and then said, if wizards can do it, so can so we. So can I, yep. That was, that's, that was the best thing to come of, of uh, the alchemy <laughs> announcement. All right. Uh, Phoenix is back. Number three, Phoenix watch. Hit the button. Uh, Ricky, people still say Galvanic Generation Temporal Trespass is the thing to do. How do you reply? It's probably still pretty good. I don't think it's like... I think it, it looks a little bricky to me with like the two Trespass. Um, but I don't see any... There's no crews in this list. Don't need it. We got Jeez, pieces, baby. That sounds so... That sounds we so We got scary. pieces, baby. Oh my gosh. And then Vampire's Vengeance of the Sideboard is interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's you the blood token lets you dump a phoenix, which is nice. Um, man, because like normally I see lists that are running like four crews, two trespass, and I think that's just way nah, too scary. Like, I, I mean, like, like they're two and one more, more off. Like go to the first place here, right? Like they're on they're on two one. I feel like that's more common. Two and one, yeah, uh, that's a better spread. I like this spread a lot more. I don't like two and none. That is crazy. Two and none is pretty wild. I I agree with that. I think like the two and one spread's pretty good. That's where I want to be at. I also like fiery impulse. I need to next order. Need need to get, get my fiery get, impulses. Get some impulses. Yeah, man. Actually, I, forgot, I have one in the Chandra box. I forgot that spell has like I forgot the spell mastery thing. I'm just like I don't know how we beat this three three. And Chow is like fiery you impulse. I'm like fiery oh, impulse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fiery impulse. All right. I want to talk about second place here because we we saw this deck a little bit last week, and now that Chris is here, let's talk about some big Rakdos. Like I, I think Ekros was messing around with it on on uh, his stream this weekend. He was actually trying to play some some Soren in the deck list. And I think Soren is a pretty good pickup for this deck list too. Um, like Graveyard Trespasser, I think was like even just shy of our revised top ten. I think Chris, like I think that should have. I think Graveyard Trespasser should have actually gotten the honorable over uh over play with fire but i like i love this deck so much yeah i think you know this gives you a creature that's that's hard to kill i think you know as we're improving i mean i i want to play the the four mana one like i think kalidus is just so good um i think we do need better red black cards at at two that don't involve spells right like we always mm-hmm. see already have our, our rakdos arcanist type thing i think that's a solid deck but i think this kind of medium to big rakdos what we're missing is more efficient threats at the two and three uh, 
we do have some graveyard trespasser type effects and there are other similar ones, but I almost want to see the, you know, one, one or two more of the four mana five, six from the new set in here. Mm-hmm. I think that card's a pretty insane. Veil. I, yeah, I am just, actually afraid to play that in pioneer. Or I, I really do think this deck wants Soren uh, over Chandra, but you know, I, I could be wrong on that. Chandra well, is no, like, like, like I was good. just saying, I, I just said though, that like Ekros was trying out Soren. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I could. I missed that part of it. Yeah. I heard Ekros trying to... I think, I think that's the right move, because I really think that what you need is card advantage, right? One of the reasons that um, the Inverter deck was so powerful is because it had the disruption that Black has to offer, uh, but also had a, you know, a combo plan uh, to back it up. So I think this is a deck that, you know, it's been very tough to play removal in this format, because there are so many threats, so many good threats, so many threats that are tough to kill, or, you know, hey, you kill threats are going to replace with a Coco, right? And, you know, there's one for two there that going one for one can be hard. You're more likely to run out of threats before your opponent is, especially because they're getting on the board first, theoretically, right? You're responding to their to their threats. So mm-hmm. a deck that can really reload on one for ones using a Soren or using efficient, strong creatures that, you know, hey, you drop a Kalidus or a, a graveyard dress pass that's a little bit tougher to kill it's going to gain you some life it's going to stick around it can get bigger you need to be able to interact with your opponent with creatures right stopping them while presenting your own threats a blocking wall if you will which is one of the reasons i actually the new blue white spirit four four but all in all i think this is a a fun deck a new direction for red black and it's one or two cards away from being top tier for sure i think that uh, this is playing like but this is playing all the two for one cards yeah we're playing Bone Crusher. We're playing uh, Coligan's Command, mm-hmm. and like the value off of like Bloodthirsty for one, and you cast Coligan's Command, right? Like that just seems like insane, right? Sure. Can't confirm it. Having played this deck, can confirm is insane. Like, just like here's a three three Haster. Your opponent discards a card, and you get another Bloodthirsty adversary back being like the worst case scenario like that's the floor right mm-hmm. and like even better like you can just like kill a guy get your best creature back out of your graveyard and like also leave yourself with a 3-3 haster i mean yeah with the adversary mm-hmm. i think adversary is like where this deck really shines because adversary is really a five drop right um and i don't i don't think this deck needs to be like on the ground on turn two what do you think about playing like a value Valky or two or something like that. So we have, again, like a little bit of extra power in the two drop slot. I liked Valky. I thought I saw this playing Valky. Yeah, I think Valky's definitely fine. Again, I think, I think having some way to protect yourself that doesn't involve, you know, getting behind on board, I think is kind of the key one. Cause like you said, Bloodthirsty Adversary is really a five drop. So like our deck really doesn't come online until kind of that three, four, five. And a lot of decks are really pushing the pace right now. So, I, I wouldn't mind having some extra stuff for that. But again, you know, this this deck is well, obviously doing well. So w- There is a version of this deck in 28th place once we get down to it that does have a card at two, I think, does help make up for what Chris is talking about here. Uh, so we come down to 10th place real quick. We have I Don't Know playing essentially the Jeskai Ascendancy deck list, but now we're playing things like Bring to Light and Lear Disciple of the Drowned. So we've got Karyatid, Asika God of the Tree, Omnath, Lear... Consider Opt, Express Iteration, Sylvan Awakening, Bring to Light, Escape the Wild, Treasure Cruise, Chain to the Rocks, Jeskai Ascendancy. Mm-hmm. What do you think of adding like a BTL package to this deck list? I'm fine I mean, with it. I mean, like I said, combo decks with backup plans are, are doing well. So when I I mean when I played Scape Shift, I added Bring to Light because it was just a it was 
increasing the amount of wild cards I got to play because I got to play Bring to Light and I got to play Snapcaster and those cards were just extra copies of the cards I wanted to be casting. Mm-hmm. So I always think that if your mana base can handle a four color Bring to Light, then you should just be playing Bring to Light. If sure. you're trying to cast like a certain card every game. Also, uh, Leer is so sweet. Oh, I yeah, think this card like- is like super like, good we're not worried about counting our opponent's stuff and if we get make our stuff uncounterable and if we can just cast our stuff out of our yard you know yeah true just being yogmoth yeah for sure right, let's yeah, come we, on oh good no i was just gonna say we you know we we hit on Lyra a lot on our uh, on our patreon exclusive we yeah. uh, we mentioned it being kind of one of the the cards that's real real close and so um if you want to like i said you're a a Patreon member, you kind of already got the load on, on how we feel, at least how, you know, particularly I feel about uh, Lear, me and Ruckman in, in general and how yeah. much I like that card, how close I think it is to being really good. Yeah. We're going to skip uh, BLJ and Maku songs, mono red decks in 25th and 27th place respectively, because they do show up in the top eight of the next challenge. Uh, and if we come down, down to number 28, Chris by magician Magico, uh, they're playing the Rakdos deck, but instead they, they brought in two Crocs into the main they're only playing one Bloodthirsty Adversary now, but they've picked up three Blood Tithe Harvester, which is, of course, from Crimson Val. It's the two-mana 3-2, where it's the battlefield create a Blood Token, then you can tap it, sacrifice it. Target creature gets minus X, minus X, where X is twice the number of Blood Tokens you control, only activate as a sorcery. I think Ricky is right in that I think if there's a card that we're cutting, it isn't Bloodthirsty Adversary. Like, I think this at five, you know, uh, we, we don't have a lot of ways... Uh, to make treasures that I can see. So we're not doing a lot of acceleration, which is one of the reasons that you like the red blue decks. You know, there's a couple different cards you can play that give you treasures to get you to a quick five or six to cast some really impactful spells. But since we're not playing Luris, you know, it's not a sin to play five mana spells, right? Especially ones that can operate as two mana cards. So I do like the, the Crocs angle. I do think that's fun, especially because we're going to have so many spells, but uh, a couple copies of bloodthirsty adversary are not going to stop our Crocs plan. Right, we have a yeah. lot of instants and sorceries to play, and um, you know whatever else you might want to be doing. We don't have a lot of ways to mill ourselves. Is is the only thing or creatures that really do that? But but still, right? It's not going to be too unlikely that we get to escape it. So I do think Bloodthirsty Adversary is a card I, I do want to be seeing more of in this deck. Bloodthirsty Harvester to me is such a weird card to evaluate. I like that it is a three two that gets in there on an empty board really well. And then when the board, like when something pops up that we need to kill, it can kill it at instant speed. Oh, no, only at a sorcery speed. Okay. I don't like this card at all now. I read the last part. <laughs> you I mean, read still, the sorcery it, speed? They like to hide that in the very last line of every card that I'm excited for. Because I'm like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, at sorcery speed. Oh. I mean, if this is a card, I think you could play a a pseudo-vampires list. Maybe the problem is it's just not as good as vampires. I think that's the issue when you consider tribal. But uh, again, this and the thing that gives uh, you know our opponents blood tokens, you know, those are both vampires as far as I know. So you could look for some vampire sub-themes. Obviously, we don't want to be, you know, this counts our blood tokens. Um, but, you know, it's twice whatever our blood tokens are, right? So it's a, a minus two, minus two at the minimum. So there's at least two vampires if you want to build a standard-centric vampires list or a more standard centric vampires list pretty got to be pretty somewhat budget there the blood tide harvester or not the harvester sorry the blood uh blood blood vial purveyor right the the five six guy for four yeah. mana yep if i ever put that in any deck okay 
I will get beat down by all that glitters gingerbread men so fast. <laughs> there yeah, were, soon, there were a couple floating around this yeah. challenge. I'm just saying, like, uh, my opponent's going to go, every spell I get an artifact? Yes. And I'm just going to go, oh, no. Yeah. And you you <laughs> and can't you can't play that against all that glitters opponents, but, but maybe you can. You just need to have, uh, you know, better kill spells than they have uh, protection spells. So there you go. Yeah. You just got to get good. That's all there is to it. All right, uh, I just also would like to remind everybody that Orzhov Oras is a command uh, or is a starter deck. That's right. You could you could get all four for ninety bucks over the holidays. I don't know that you still can, but ooh, we'll talk about more about I, that next week. It's I, an hour yeah, in, so I brought that up. So all right, uh, well, let's uh, let's go over to Sunday's challenge then, shall we? Let's do it. All right, in eighth place we have S. Nelson with Dreadhorde Arcanist. In seventh place we have Medvedev. Playing a fun take on red with Chandra Dress the Kill. I want Ricky's opinion on here. We loop back around. Sixth place, Jesse Samick playing Orzov Vampires. Fifth place, DM4X with Phoenix. In fourth place, we have Poker Wizard playing Vampires. Uh, third place, we have McCarthara1994 with phoenix in second place we have rakubo 0611 with orzov humans and in first place uh we have coley 2 playing eight eidolon tribal heck yeah so uh Ooh. let's start at the bottom work our way to the top here s nelson s s nelson playing the arcanist nothing really new here Arcus is kind of one of those mains of the format. I just honestly, I feel like the reason we don't see Arcus as often as we should is just because it takes a certain person to be able to put up with this deck for like an entire event. This is such a draining deck to play. You have a lot of options at any given time, right? Yeah. You know, you, you are playing a lot of spells and it, it can be tough to navigate. You also kind of have to just know like what cards you can't beat because there, there are several, right? There are several cards you're just like, all right, we just, you know, either need to move on to save your brain power or whatever else. But mm-hmm. you're exactly right. You, you get to do a lot of things in a turn because all your spells are cheap and you get to recast them. So making the wrong decision, right? As far as like how many thought cat or how many thought seizes can you really cast? When is mm-hmm. the right time to thought seize? Right. Sometimes yeah. you get mm-hmm. too scared and, you know, they've drawn a card and you're real nervous about it. But a lot of times you just have to wait, you know, and, and either see what it is or cast a different spell. If you can, if it's the only spell, yeah. go for it. But yeah, it, it's a lot of decisions. All right. So seventh place here, we have Medvedev playing Mono Rev, Chandra, Dress the Kill. So we got Monastery, Swiss Spear, Soul Scar, Mage, Island on the Great Rebel, Bone Crusher, Giant, Glory Bringer, Chandra, Dress the Kill, Chandra, Torch, Defiance, Play with Fire, Spike, Field Hazard, Wild Slash, Lightning Strike, Mismo, Light at the Stage. To this kind of feels like, isn't their modern mono red right now with Obosh and Chandra Dress the Kill? Um, I mean, that sounds good. Uh, yeah. This deck is, this deck to me is really hot. I mean, we could play Obosh, right? Like, what do we have to cut? We um, literally only Eidol- have to cut Eidolon, Mismo, Eidolon, Mismo, and Lightning Strike along with Torch. That's fine. Yeah. We should, it's a one of should... Lightning Strike, right? Huh? Yeah, play, I was yeah. going to say it's a one of Lightning Strike right now. Exactly. Um, I mean, this feels like a sweet Obosh deck. Um, we lose a lot of sideboard options on doing that, but uh, Chandra Dress to Kill is very good. She just specifically has to be an A mono red deck. Like, her her plus one uh, can deal one damage to target uh, player or planeswalker, which is very nice that we can do that again. 
and we get mana out of it. And then her other plus one lets us draw a card if the top card of our deck is red. But also when it comes to trying to dress the kill bin, the downside is you have to pay the borderless tax on her because the regular art is unplayable. I Okay. I like the regular art too. That's okay. I think it's just really, it's just too cartoony for me. He's a shark yeah. fan. I, I want to point out that like red black, there's, you know, several red black spells that you could cast off this. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, the dragon cycle, whichever command that is. Culligan's command, right? Yeah. yeah. Is the red black one. You can play Culligan's command, you can play Dreadbore. So, you know, you don't have to, but this may be one of the includes you make in, in something I mean, like if that. You, if you're playing can... a, sorry, you can play it in a non-mono red deck, but any cards that are not red in that deck are yeah. whiffs. And you oh, for sure. No, no. I And let me put it this way. I wasn't trying to say that you were wrong necessarily. Like, I, I think that that's true. I mean, all your cards have to be red. Like, I, I do believe that's a true statement, but I do think you could potentially get cute with two, even three colors, because there are quite a few powerful kill spells and other spells that are red X, either red, blue, right? I mean, right. you know, what's another, you know what another red spell is? Expressive iteration. That's a red spell, you know? It is, in fact, a red spell. And obviously it does kind of the same thing, right? It, you know, if we cast that, it's like, okay, well, here's another card you can cast in your turn. But, but still, right? Like, there's a lot of good red, blue, red, black spells that I think this is a three mana Planeswalker. Three mana Planeswalker are pretty good and you know right. it's also mana acceleration right i think the reason you get to play a mizium mortars is because it's not unreasonable for you to go little chandra into big chandra uh, against slower decks right you've you definitely are on the board you know and you've got cheap right. kill spells so boom all of a sudden you're at you know plus two mana plus an extra mana three mana on top of your lands like the world's your oyster right so uh obviously we got two more feet we got two more uh vampire decks here in this top eight it's always funny to me that like Early on when something big happens in Pioneer, right, Mono Black kind of comes up and then it disappears and eventually things settle down and, hey, Vampires comes back again. Yeah. Sort of just, it's just like Homer Simpson goes to the bushes, Vampires comes out. Well, Edgar, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. <laughs> Good thing. More in this case, Edgar dies, comes back as a coffin. That's I think that's really yeah. the answer. You know, that's that's the Homer Simpson comparison there because Edgar is just so good because he comes back, right? I mean, it's so funny, right? It's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Soren, uh, I'll sack Edgar. He goes in the coffin. And uh, yeah, next turn he's already back. Look at that. I mean, and think about this. I mean, the backside of that, how good was Bitter Blossom for however long? Yeah. Right? People played that. It dealt you a damage every turn. And people, you know, there was a lot of magic theory on how good it is. So, you know, when this thing dies, you get one of the strongest cards in the game for a few turns, right? It gives you a 1-1 mm. token that uh, it doesn't fly, but it's got lifelink, I guess, is, is the trade-off, yeah. right? But, I do have but to still, point out, yeah. while this is a very good comparison, Bitter Blossom uh, was two mana, and was also a fairy, which mattered to your spell stutter sprite this and is your true. misbind yes. click. Yes, it did have a relevant type. But so does this, right? This is this is a vampire on the front side. So, I right. mean, again, it's not the perfect comparison, but this is a double-sided card. There's only so many of those, you know. Uh, but the fact that when it dies, you still get a very, very powerful effect, a very, very desirable effect. And then it comes back still as a 4-4. You know, you've got to kill it twice, I think, is, is, is extra strong. And Edgar definitely seems to be the reason to play this deck. And it's like a buck. A buck or two? How much does Edgar cost? It's two. It's three dollars to buy two of them. So a dollar fifty. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, that's a card that. Hey, do it. You know, your Kalidas is very expensive. Um, your uh, vampire Sorens are very expensive. So there's that aspect of it. But you know, hey, you got your mana base. You got your thought seizes. Build this deck. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, we got Phoenix, we got humans. All right, let's talk about number one, Coley 2, which is so funny because we like a few weeks ago the discourse is like, could you just play Eidolon of the Great Revel Tribal and just get there with like eight Eidolon? So we have four Soul Scar Mage, four Cemetery Gatekeeper, four Eidolon of the Great Revel, four Bone Crusher Giant, four Goblin Chain Whirler, one Rampaging Frost on, two Torbrand, Thane of Redfell, and four Challenger Torch Defiance, along with four Play with Fire, one Spellfield Hazard, four Lightning Strike. What's really funny about this deck? It has comboed Torbrand into Chain Whirler, but they're like a reverse combo. Yeah. And that frustrates me to no end. <laughs> that you have to play Torbrand on four and then come back to play Chain Whirler. But I think this deck is sweet. So, look, Eidolon kind of seals the deal for the Phoenix matchup when you have eight of them. Oh, yeah. Anyways, um, I think that, like, the weirdest card about this deck is, like, Lightning Strike. Really? I was going to say, we're on four Chandra. Oh, Chandra Torch Divine is amazing. All right. But, like, I don't know. There's, like, so many good one-mana spells that basically deal three damage to creatures. Should, I guess we want to go face and stuff. Should should this be just, should this Chandra just be dressed to kill, though? Mm, Torch of Defiance is a lot more than dressed to kill. That's fair. Maybe yeah, some so of these lightning strikes need to become... We like, we get a lot of value out of the out of the two red mana. The Also, the torch is just sort of like being able to come down and kill something. Sure. Like, that's the big thing about torch is she comes down, kills something, and then is card advantage or yeah. a, a clock. And if this deck just wants to kill your opponent by two damage increments, torch right. of defiance. Given how few spells we have, should this be a Nyxos deck? Uh, they're expensive. No, that's fine. I mean, no is an acceptable answer, right? Like, it can be hard to... The problem is we have a lot of double and triple, right? Like, and it's just, like, finding when to be able to play it, right? Right. Like, in our land drops. Like, if it's our second land, like, we could just not play spells for how many turns. Yeah, and our highest cost card is four anyways, so, like, by the time we're activating it... Oh, for sure, for sure. I think my thought was maybe let us play, you know... It'd get to six faster, I think, would be the big deal, because we have quite a few threes. Uh-huh. Right. But for sure. I mean, you play a Chandra, you get you know more you get mana back the next turn anyway, right? Chandra's kind of like our, if uh, anything, our like, pseudo thing, so maybe that's just better. If anything, I would think about playing, like, Fanatic Amogus. Ooh, I sure. do like Fanatic Amogus. Just, like, imagine, like, your board is Eidolon, Chain Whirler, and then you just Fanatic Amogus, the opponent takes six. Seems pretty good. All right, let's come on down to the Paradise City in 15th place where Bill Steve is playing Mono Blue Devotion here. We've got four Spectre Sailor, four Harbinger of the Tides, four Merkle Trickster, four Thassa's Oracle, four Gadwick the Wisdom, three Glass Mimic, one Thassa God of the Sea, four Masteroids, one Hallbreaker Horror, four Wizards of Tort, three Omen of the Sea, four Leyline of Anticipation, and some Lands. Well, importantly, for Nick, though, so we can cast this Hullbreaker Horror on turn, like, three. That is correct. I mean, four, you know? Yeah. That's my it's... problem with this deck and why I'm uh, out on a little bit. Is only one Hullbreaker Horror. Uh, that's disrespectful. This deck is super, super weird. I mean, Nykthos, you, you can shove all your Nykthos into a Gadwick and draw a million cards. Yeah. But, yeah, uh... Thoracle backup win. Thoracle backup win is very stupid, I'm not saying that it can't happen. Sometimes I think you can just like devotion ten authorical and what is the most number of land anticipation you're willing to keep in an opening hand? Uh, uh one. Two if I have a Nykthos in my hand. 
Okay. Yeah, I don't like that Zorkle either, actually. I'd almost rather that was like another spell or another something, you know? I mean, it's double blue pips. It finds us an extra card. Like, you know how much I love Cardigan Pioneer? I just don't think that gets enough for us. Like, I don't think that Zorkle does anything. I'd I'd, I'd much rather. I you are undervaluing the card advantage of Zorkle here. The card uh, put a card on the top. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this doesn't. So this doesn't replace the card that it is, right? It's a it's a two mana one three. Like I like I love Thassa Zorkle as much as the next guy, and this is more of a small. It's gonna find you a waves. It's gonna find you a master of waves or a whole breaker horror. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I think that's the reason for it is right. It's like we are looking for a couple particular cards. Um, I just think I, I want to get a little more impact. And, um, you know, I think there are so many double blue pips or we don't care enough about the blue pips like we want to live. Um, I, I think Gadwick is just, is so good. I think that the X definitely can be good. But obviously, you know, you guys have played Gadwick. You know how good it is. You really just want that tap effect. <laughs> that tap effect is so incredibly powerful and makes us a control deck. So oh, yeah. I'll, I can play, Gad- I'll play Gadwick for X equals zero or one all day. Yeah, As long exactly. as I can get that, that, uh, that tap down ability going. Like, I think with Leyland of Anticipation, it makes it more likely, right? Like, you, you don't have to be as afraid. Your opponent passes. You play it to draw the card. So if they kill it, you you know, you did get some more cards. But yeah. Sans Leyland, we're just playing this for three and tapping our opponent's stuff down. So Yeah, for sure. Kind of also want to play a Siren Storm Tamer over Spectral Sailor, but I guess Spectral Sailor is a mana outlet to our Nykthos. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, good point. Good um, point. So I guess we have to, but this deck is very cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would play this at FNMs all day. I would be afraid to play this uh, until I've like played a lot with it before I would play this at anything bigger. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad deck. I think that uh, Ed would love this deck. I, I sent it to Ed as soon as it came out, and there's also someone like a week or two ago asking me on Twitter about Mono Blue Devotion. So I hope listen to this episode and find this deck list or saw this deck list already. Uh, because yeah, I mean it's it's fun. I you know I it's been kind of fun because like even in some of the leagues we like we don't talk about the leagues a whole lot just because we're usually kind of pressed for time to talk about league deck lists. Uh, but we have the last couple weeks seen like Mono Black Devotion or like Mono Black plus Eldrazi Devotion picking up a little bit, and so it's kind of fun to see the non-green Nykthos decks show up again. Right. Heck yeah, people out there be brewing. Props to, yeah, the, props sure. to the people. Uh, 29th place. Shoutouts to Bon Voyage running back Bard class. You know, I love a good Bard class. And then uh, 31st place, Mog trying to run back the Lutri. Yeah, and I just want to point out that uh, Bon Voyage, we have uh, Halana, which, man, I'll tell you what, um, I looked past this card a little bit at, at first, but, you know, it's a Dwayne and it's got reach. Ricky can't read that, but it's right there. It's a four mana, two, three with first strike and reach. And it gives something plus two uh, uh, counters and haste and haste. Yeah, that's the big one, right? Like making our stuff bigger and then giving all the rest of our threats haste. This is a huge card. I mean, it, it does cost four. It's there, but I think red green has needed some some strong. I, cards I think you'll there. see that actually costs two mana. <laughs> yes, yes. I think the jury, the jury has convened and it has decided this does actually cost two mana. You're right. So uh, let's just say I just just uh, before we wrap up thoughts here on the challenge. Uh, Phoenix Watch 2021. Five on Sunday, six on Saturday. Yeah, you in, guys, in, the, in all you guys of the are event, going right? Nuts. What's that, Chris? Oh, well, in the entirety of the event, right? Yes, respectively. Yeah, I, I will tell you, I'm encouraged. Um, you know, the the you know, Arc Light Phoenix is still the number one creature, 
but mm-hmm. it does feel like whether it's because people have found a way to hate that hate out the deck or because people are just deciding to play other things it's not the you know super crazy three of the top four but, but again my my issue is never hey it was like two out of the top eight or you know it's like got like eight in the top three to the challenge my problem with phoenix has always been yeah i played a league in four of my matches were against phoenix sure 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 i mean it seems like diversity is increasing how about that right i, I guess that's right. my point it's like you know whether or not it'll stay for the long term people are just getting bored of playing phoenix this is more diverse than what i've been seeing the last couple of weeks but so. is it the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the world yeah all right well Um, gentlemen oh go ahead ricky also like can we talk about like just really quickly ingenious smiths are like two dollars and fifty cents each yeah get them now they're uh we've been seeing we we didn't really talk about there's there's a few that have popped up the blue white uh, and soul deck list in these these uh these challenges we all slept on afr Mm -hmm. deadly disputes are three dollars that's because commander though the common, no it sees play. In it's seen play standard? in like sacrifice decks. Okay. In standard and I've seen some pioneer sacrifice decks that like it, treasure okay. decks and stuff. Okay. Um, like the Smith is two fifty, the portable holes are like two dollars. Oh, I the got my foil holes. Are, innkeepers are two dollars. I got my foil innkeepers. Like got them. It's just sort of like the set came out of nowhere and nickel and dimed people back to uh like hives and den of the bugbears are worth money. Yeah. You know, a little bit. Paladin classes are starting to climb a little bit. Hall of the Storm Giants are like five bucks now. Every time the, t- every time I see the price of Shadow Spear, I cry on the inside. Oh mm-hmm. man. Not an AFR card, but I'm just looking at it right now. Right. That's because every modern deck has to play a one of a because every modern deck plays four sagas. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, this is just just uh random musings. Uh, yeah, so if you if you have your your bulk boxes of AFR boxes that you bought, there's all those set packs, you just have your, your box of commas uncommons, dig around in there, there's some value to be found. Yeah. But anyways. All in all, the format looks great and healthy and, and we I'm don't need arena. a lot of the decks here. And we don't need arena. We're strong independent format that don't need no arena. Pioneer players together strong. Exactly. By yeah, AMC. So- <laughs> but yeah like i said if you feel comfortable you've got your vaccinations you've got your boost shot mask up go to your lgs at this point watsy don't care about anything they ain't making direct money from and they ain't making direct money from pioneers so it's up to us and uh yeah ls Fix, i know you're listening to this pull some strings get pioneer events going or else i'm gonna rob a bank to hold a pioneer tournament a For blue legal man reasons, once told me Legal the reasons. power is yours. Yes. So. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, so to give some idea on what's going to come the next couple episodes, like I said, next week we are going to kind of do a 2021 retrospective. Um, and then our episode that will come out the week of Christmas will be the, hey, so you got some money to spend for Pioneer cards. And we'll, uh, we haven't picked dollar amounts yet. But we'll do sort of tiered dollar amounts like we have done in the past. Um, we probably might have to ban the, hey, go buy X, X pre-con deck because that's just the low hanging fruit. Um, well, I wanted to actually split that into next week, uh, because gift buying guide, I think we should talk about sealed product next week and then we can talk about the singles you're going to buy after Christmas. Okay. We can, we can sprinkle that into the, uh, the 2021 retrospective. 
Yeah. And then, yeah, that'll keep us into the new year. And I think new year we'll probably talk about just what do you want to see from Pioneer? Like, are there any decks you want to see kind of come up? Not only of talking about, like, what cards do you want to see, like, be reprinted or something, just sort of, like, just generally, what do you personally feel like Pioneer's missing for you? Yeah, another thing, too, is, like, I feel like I've been such a, you know, we kind of have been a little bit of a negative Nancy because of some of the directions of the game that we haven't liked. So I kind of want to get back to the community, too. We talk to the community so frequently in the Discord, but bringing it to the podcast a a little bit, too, especially in the holiday season of, like, anything you guys want us to talk about, any topics, uh, just fun stuff you want to hear from us, anything like that 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 we can do to make this a better listening experience for, uh, you know, for our listeners and our new listeners after a big shout out from Prof, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we We've got some new people, the pioneer in there. I've seen some new faces talking about deck lists. So um, maybe, maybe a future thing. Cause we've got a couple episodes planned out here, but excited for that. Yeah. We could definitely uh, bring in some sort of your submission, submission episodes uh, to start off next year because uh, yeah, I know I'm going to be real busy cause I got to move and then we got a bachelor party and then I'm getting married. That's it. There we go. Guys, I'm getting married in less than four months. That's so weird to think about Isn't that crazy. It's so wild. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode of Crew 3. Big thank you to all our supporters of Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Go check out the tiers available there if you want to keep supporting the show. Or you want to buy a sweet playmat, link below in the description. And like I said, Chris said, there's always a link below to join our wonderful Discord community. There's conversation always going on, even about non-pioneer stuff. You just want some great people, the great space to talk about magic, non-magic. We got a lot going on. People are great there. And, uh, yeah, we just updated the Minecraft server. So if you want to do that, maybe ask for uh, a link into that, and we can get you set up on the Minecraft server, too. Have some fun there. All right, gentlemen, where can everyone find you on the socials? Hey, you can find me on the tweeters at it's underscore Christmas. With no T? With no T. Christmas ain't got no T. It has the T. Christmas ain't got no T. All right, Ricky, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at also Steve, and you can find me on uh, YouTube at Dormonster. Does uh, Steve have a T in it? Yeah. Okay. Does also have a T in it? No. How many T's are in Door Monster? Oh, no. <laughs> I gotta get back to you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you're streaming what? Uh, are you flip-flopping day and night streams? What are you doing? I'm doing streaming-wise? morning streams on Monday and Wednesday for Pokemon and uh, Persona streams at night on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Would you say that's Door Monster After Night? It would be Door Monster Nights. There we go. All right. We'll talk to y'all next week. Have a good one. And like we said, if if you liked Alchemy, have fun with it. Like, don't let people poo-poo you. We're more so disappointed in the company than we are you for your enjoyment of it. It's a game. Have fun. Go talk to LGBTQ and Pioneer. And also, hey, Wizards, Store Champs was great. Keep that around. That was great to do again. Yeah, it was fun. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.